Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show number 383 in our weekly series. And today's topic is building a winning culture. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and we're the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and online. And our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. So do please visit us at engageforsuccess.org, where you can learn more and sign up for our weekly newsletter. I'm Jo Moffat. I'm one of the regular hosts for Engage for Success Radio, but I'm also Managing Director and Founder of Specialist Advertising Agency Woodread, and we work with organizations to help them use their brands to engage their people and build high-performing cultures inside their organizations. So today we're going to be talking about building a winning culture and how America's top leaders got to the top. And to help us navigate that topic, I'm very pleased to welcome our special guest to today's show, Adam Mendler. Adam is CEO of the Velos Group. Uh, So welcome to the show, Adam. Joe, thank you for having me. My God, 383 episodes. That's pretty impressive. I'm about to hit episode number 60, and that seems like (laughs) a lot. So 383, wow, congratulations. I know. I really know. Thank you. It's it, it's pretty. I don't think any of us quite imagined we'd be we'd be doing it for. Well, we're in our eighth year now, and and that's how I got involved with the movement. So, engage for success is an entirely voluntary movement. Everyone everyone who's involved with the movement does it on a voluntary basis. And I first got involved hosting the radio show, um, and uh, and then since then I've been I've been asked to get involved in the leadership team and generally generally work more with the with the movement as well. But I still keep up my my radio show hosting because I enjoy that and I get to talk to all kinds of interesting people with all kinds of fascinating stories to tell, um, and uh, you know from all over the world actually, which is which is a great you know a great privilege. So uh, I'm very pleased to do it. But yes, thank you. 383 shows is is quite something, isn't it? Really. So um, tell us, uh, Adam, a little bit, if you would, about yourself. Um, I introduced you as CEO of the Bellos Group. Tell us a little bit about you, um, what that means, uh, and how you how you sort of got to that particular role, and what your background is, and then we can talk a little bit more about the uh, the topic for today's show. Sure, happy to. My company, the Bellos Group, runs uh, several different businesses. My brother and I founded it a number of years ago, and over the years we've started three different businesses that uh, remain, um, you know, still kind of doing well in three different industries, believe it or not. We have an office furniture company called Beverly Hills Chairs. We're the leading sellers of refurbished brand-name office chairs in the U.S. Mm -hmm. We have another company called Custom Tobacco. We are a -a one-of-a-kind e-commerce platform where customers can create fully customized private label cigars in real time. And uh, we have a software development and technology consulting company called Velo Solutions. So essentially what we've done is we've built out these different businesses in different industries and have operated them over these years and continue to operate them. I also do a lot of writing and speaking on the topic of leadership. 
I speak a lot to different businesses, to nonprofit organizations, to universities, and uh, do a lot of writing as well. I've written a lot in Forbes and in Inc. and Huffington Post, and um, mm-hmm. have a podcast, 30-Minute Mentors, where I go one-on-one with the most successful leaders, uh, primarily the most successful leaders in the U.S., but I've interviewed some great leaders across the world and um, really try to give my listeners access to the best network of mentors possible so that mm-hmm. anyone tuning in can better understand how to become more successful personally, become more successful professionally in the course of 30 minutes. So I know you and I have 30 minutes today and excited to see what we can accomplish. See what we can do in 30 minutes, so that we, whether we're up there with, with those top uh, top business people <laughs> that you interview, for sure. So well, we're going to be talking a little bit about 30-minute mentors because themes that you cover in that, I think, are going to be relevant to to our show today. Um, but before... Uh, before I get into that, if I may, um, one of the things that I've been making a point of asking my guests in recent recent months, certainly um, uh, in the last sort of 11 months, really, has been around COVID. Um, you know, we can't ignore the impact that that has had on us all as individuals, but, uh, but personally, but also from a professional perspective or from a workplace perspective. And so I'm always keen to have my guests, first of all, um, just give us a little bit of a perspective from their point of view on the impact of COVID on the workplace. And as we're going to be talking about winning culture and how one goes about building a winning culture, um, I wonder whether the take from your perspective is, you know, has, has COVID helped or hindered the debate about organisational culture in your view? Yeah, I mean, COVID has been a game changer in so many different ways. First mm-hmm. and foremost, whenever I'm asked this question, I think it's really important to acknowledge that beyond viewing COVID from the perspective of how do offices and how do companies, um, how are we affected, um, the more global issue is you know, how are we as human beings affected and Obviously, yeah. the human toll is tragic, and um, my my heart goes out to anyone personally impacted by this tragedy. And hopefully, with the vaccine coming and here, but coming at a scale that can allow more and more people to get vaccinated, we can get to a point where we're out of this sooner than later. Mm-hmm. So. The absolutely. No, I absolutely endorse that. It's, it's been hideous, hasn't it? And I was, I think it was the, was it the front cover of the New York Times in the last couple of days that literally had a dot? Yeah. Either the New, it was the New York Times, wasn't it? Had a dot for every life lost. And I think that was just... New York Times. Just, it was, wasn't it? It's staggering to see that, actually. Um, yeah. yeah. So really, I think really it's awful. important to keep things in perspective. So when I tell you that uh, as a leader, can be challenging to replicate the kind of culture in your organization that you had before COVID. That's nothing compared to the challenge of dealing with loved ones who are going through suffering. And unfortunately, so many people have lost friends, family members, themselves might be going through very difficult pain and suffering because of this awful disease. So I really do yeah. try to keep things in perspective. To answer I your question, right I can tell you yeah. that I can tell you that um, 
we have a little bit of a unique perspective given that we are in the office furniture business and mm-hmm. our core business before COVID was selling to offices. So Beverly Hills Chairs was selling office chairs and other office products to small to medium-sized businesses all across America. And mm-hmm. the day COVID hit, our customer base essentially disappeared because yeah. there aren't really offices anymore. Uh, our company had to pivot very quickly as a new customer base emerged, which was the home office, uh, which has been booming. But, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But what I can tell sure. you is that companies all across the country and all across the world have had to adapt. They have had to pivot. Beverly Hills Chairs is one example of the hundreds of millions of people who have, in some shape, form, or fashion, have had to pivot. And uh, one of the things that I've realized as a leader is that um, trying to replicate your company culture virtually uh, is a major challenge. Even onboarding new interns who are with you for a few months, and they're not going to be in your office. They're not going to meet you. They're not going to really experience what your environment is like. And they might hear that you have a reputation for being cool or fun as a company, but your only interaction really with them is over a screen. And we're all at a point where we have Zoom fatigue. We're tired of this. How many more Zoom happy hours do you really want to go to? So it forces (laughs) us as leaders to really have to be better, to have to be more on point than we ever were before. So no question, it's a challenge that all of us are facing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so it's a word we can we bandy around a lot. We, you know, the word culture is is used phenomenally in um, in, in in every publication and website and online blog we read. We, you know, the word culture is there. I remember myself writing a blog about three or four years ago where culture was the word of the year from Merriam-Webster dictionary um so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw one to you before we really get into the meat of this um and 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 ask you adam how how would you define culture in in the context of the workplace i don't think i can define culture anywhere nearly as articulately as miriam webster can and given (laughs) your accent i don't think i can define culture nearly as articulately as you can I have a very close friend named Kawai who uh, we've been buddies since uh, we were classmates in business school and he's uh-huh. uh, from the UK and you know, he and I could say the exact same thing, but it sounds a hundred times better coming from him just because of his <laughs> accent. So, uh, you know, people tell me I have a good voice for radio, but my friend Kawai has a good voice for life. So I uh, love it. Uh, but to go back to your question, what is culture? One of the things that I tell people is the culture is everything. When you're running a business, I'm going to borrow a line from one of the guests I had on my podcast, Noam Bardeen. And Noam just retired as the CEO of Waze. So Noam was a longtime CEO of Waze, uh, really helped Waze become what it became. Waze was acquired by Google and Noam ah. led ways even while. Oh, I know who uh, you mean. I know who it, you mean. Yeah, this is, this is how Google you. 
I know what the, I understand the product now. It's the app, isn't it, that it gets you to places, tells you how to get to places. Yeah, and um, I had Noam on my podcast in the fall, and one of the things that Noam said was, when a company posts what their culture is on their wall, what their values are on their wall, what their mission statement is on their wall, that's everything that they're not. So <laughs> culture isn't what you tell people you want to be. Culture isn't who you tell people what you are. Culture is who you are. Culture is what you are. If you need to tell people this is what you need to do, then you have the wrong people in your organization. What I tell people is that if you want to improve your company culture, it starts with bringing in great people. Your people are your culture. You are your culture. Culture is everything. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's that famous, that famous um, Peter, Peter Drucker quote, isn't there, that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, so I'm guessing you agree with that statement. I didn't eat culture for breakfast today. I had uh, something else. I don't think your listeners necessarily want to know what I had because, you know, I, I eat a very healthy diet and it's probably a little bit different than what most people eat. I don't even know if what I had is available in the UK. But Oh, right. Of course. What I can tell you is that I don't disagree. Uh, I, I think that they're both important. I think that you, without without a winning culture, you're not going to be around for very long. Without a great strategy, you're not going to be around for very long. So I, I don't yeah. like to um, – when I think both are very important, and I think that mm. as a leader, you need to understand what – you need to do to be successful. And one of the most important things you need to do is build a winning culture. It's also important mm -hmm. to have a winning product and to have a winning strategy. But yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, no doubt yeah. in my mind and so much of what I write about, so much of what I speak about, so much of what I talk to my guests about is the importance of building a winning organizational culture. So mm -hmm. no matter how you phrase it, um, there's no disputing that, if you want to build a sustainable company, it starts with building a culture that enables people to become their best selves and to collaborate with everyone around them so that the team is operating as efficiently and effectively as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I didn't, wouldn't disagree with that at all, um, Adam. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, one of the things we often, uh, I, well, I often, it was my work talk to clients about is that culture isn't something that you just define and that stands alone from your business strategy and your organization strategy Your culture is how you are going to deliver against your strategy and deliver your your your, your business objectives and they kind of it's not an either or is it it's you can't have one without the other really um you can't successfully deliver on just one prong of that so you you, you really need to have as you say, effective culture, effective strategy, great products, um, a well-positioned product that your customers are going to want. You know, all of these things are, you know, are key, aren't they, really? So, excellent. Okay, so we, we touched on in our, in our opening few minutes, we talked about your, your podcast, because I think it's really, it's really interesting. I mean, you have quite a unique perspective, um, Adam, don't you? Because 
very often people are either in the they are either entrepreneurs and running companies or they are telling people how to run companies you know i'm being putting it in sort of you know you're either in one camp or the other um but actually you have quite a unique perspective it seems to me because you are doing the day job of delivering business and running business you've founded and grown businesses and yet you are also sharing the that insight and that expertise and that wisdom that you've no doubt garnered over the over the years um, in your consultancy, in your thought leadership, in your writing and speaking, and, and particularly in your podcast, where, um, yes, you're interviewing successful people, but I'm, Im- I'm imagining you, you, know, you, 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 you do that in the context of your own experience and expertise, I'm, I'm sure. So, so when, you have, when you do your, your podcast, your 30-minute mentors podcast, um, and actually I'm sure our listeners would love to, love to know how they can find that, um, uh, you know, what, what platforms it's on. But um, culture is clearly going to be a key theme of those, of those podcasts and those interviews. So when you're, when you're talking to, what are the kind of key things that come up around culture as far as you're concerned and as far as they're concerned? What are the sort of key sound bites we should bear in mind? So great question. Firstly, Anyone interested in listening to 30-Minute Mentors, uh, exploring 30-Minute Mentors, uh, it's fully accessible. You can find it on virtually every podcasting app. It's uh, all spelled out, the word 30-Minute Mentors. You could also Mm -hmm. go to 30MinuteMentors.com, and um, you can listen to it there, or you could click on any of the links to Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. It's Mm -hmm. everywhere. Usual. Available on all yeah. the usual platforms then. Yeah, great. Good stuff. Exactly. Good. Exactly. Um, a question that I'll ask many of my guests, and I don't ask all of my guests the same questions, but I do ask mm. guests uh, similar themes. And a question that I have asked many of my guests is, how do you build a winning organizational culture? What are the keys to building a winning organizational culture? I'll ask mm-hmm. guests, what do you look for in people you hire? What are your best tips on the topic of hiring? Because in my view, just to reiterate, and this is something that I tell audiences, and I really appreciate, Joe, the very kind words that you um, shared with your audience about me. Um, in my personal experience, the best way to build a winning organizational culture is by bringing in winning people. So mm-hmm. if you want to cultivate and create a culture that is going to allow your organization to win. It starts and really ends with the people who you hire. If, and I can tell you this from personal experience, if you hire, and particularly if you're a small to medium-sized business, if you're a 50,000-person company, and I have Fortune 500 CEOs on my podcast, and I've worked at huge, huge companies uh, in the course of my career. But I can tell you as someone who runs smaller businesses that if you make one bad hire, that runs the risk of completely blowing up your culture. And as a leader, you need to manage that as quickly as possible. I wrote an article uh, that was published in the Huffington Post and the uh, original article, the the title of the article that I 
submit was uh, was different than the article that got published. Uh, the title of the article that I submit was why I fired a Harvard graduate after two weeks. And the article that was published was what I learned about my company culture by firing an employee. And the point is the same, which is we hired someone who we thought was phenomenal on paper, but we realized very, very quickly that this individual um, was a, a nightmare to our culture. And as a leader, you know, I sort of had to step in and, and end it as quickly as possible. I wanted to fire this person after one week, but my team talked me out of it. So after the second week, my team came to me and said, what's taking you so long? So I, yeah. you, you have to be proactive um, when it comes to managing and protecting and safeguarding your culture. Uh, when it comes to hiring, um, this is such a huge topic, and this is why I love asking America's top leaders their best tips on the topic of hiring because with each person you hire, even an intern, you have the opportunity to really build and grow the quality of your culture. I wrote an article that was published in Forbes about an intern we hired one summer named Buzz, and just the name Buzz kind of tells you who he was, what he was all about. And having this guy around over the summer was such a boon to our culture that um, just hiring one great person can make all the difference. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, the damage that can be done by hiring someone that you think is going to be great, maybe because they're, you know, they're, they're, they sell, they're brilliant salespeople or they, you know, they, 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 on paper they demonstrate these things. But actually... Um, when, when it comes to a cultural fit, they, they're quite toxic and, and damaging to the rest of the, their team. And, and then, it take, then it can take quite a brave leader to dispense with the services of someone who's selling the most because they don't want to give up. They don't want to kill the golden goose. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, what was the best-selling book, the, uh, the No Assholes Rule? Um, right. I, I think it's so important as a leader yeah. to really take stock of who's in your organization and ensure that you're hiring good people and that you're hiring people who other people in your organization really want to be around. If you have someone in your organization, if you have someone on your team who's producing, but at the same time, is hurting other people because of his or her personality, because of his or her demeanor, because of the way he or she behaves, is that really worth the individual output? The answer mm. nine times out of ten is going to be no. Um, I, I know that my favorite sport, baseball, is not particularly popular uh, across the pond, but my favorite team, the Angels, remember growing up, uh, they had a player, I won't say his name, but they had a player who was extremely talented. And this applies to you probably whatever sports team you love in whatever sport you love. You could probably think of a similar example. But the Angels had a player who was one of their best players, one of the best players on their team. And mm. he was – the guy would carry the team um, in particular games. He, the guy was great. But – 
he was a nightmare in the clubhouse. He would consistently right. clash with other players on the team. He would clash with the coaches on the team. And the management finally said, enough is enough. And they got rid of him. No matter how talented he was, no matter how productive he was on the field, it didn't justify the damage that he was doing off of the field. No matter what organization you're running, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what kind of business you're in, follow those same, same principles. It's not enough to be a good salesperson. It's not enough to be a good engineer. It's not enough to be a good individual contributor. You have to be someone who is contributing to the greater good. You have to be someone who is a really good teammate. Mm-hmm. So as you say, it comes right. It comes back to people being the, the heart of it all, a, a, a recruiting the right people, retaining, developing the right people, getting the most out of those people, but being brave enough to say enough is enough if you accept that you've got it wrong. Because the point you made is really interesting, that point you made, Adam, about when you, um, you your, your Harvard grad that you um, – got rid of after two weeks and and you'd have done it after a week and we were talked out of it and your people said to you what when you finally did it people said to you why did it take you so long and it's that damage it does to other people when they see bad behavior in inverted commas um being excused or people getting away with it when they know that it's not the right thing and it's the damage that it does to everyone else is is enormous, isn't it? No question. And I think it comes back to having a hiring process in place where you really prioritize the important things. And again, this kind of goes back to the reason why I ask my guests, what do you look for in the people you hire? What do you prioritize what are your best tips on the topic of hiring because what I've learned as a leader what I've learned as an entrepreneur what I've learned as a CEO is that the single most important thing for me when I'm hiring is I want someone who has a winning attitude I want someone who has a winning mindset I want someone who has the personality and has the really the mindset that no matter what, forget about what I throw their way, but what gets thrown their way. Because in business, you're constantly dealing with things that there, there's no, that there isn't necessarily a playbook for. And um, my goodness, we to, certainly didn't have a playbook for the last year, did we? For sure. Absolutely not. No, there's mm-hmm. there's no there's no playbook for there's no play, there's no playbook for so much in business, but what there is is a certain approach. And are you someone who has the spirit that allows you to observe a problem, observe a situation, soak it in and attack it? Or are you someone that is going to give up is going to say, you know what, I don't know how to do this. Um, This is sort of above me, hold my hand. And that isn't to denigrate people who, um, you know, need help or who want assistance. I'm a very big believer in 
seeking um, out the, the help of people around you and in having as collaborative environment as possible. So yes, leverage whatever resources you have around you, but ultimately it's on you to figure out how to find the solution. I could tell you as a leader, I don't know the answers to most things. So what I try to do is I try to leverage whatever resources I have around me to try to figure out the answer. So Mm -hmm. similarly, when you're hiring people, hire people who are resourceful, hire people who can figure out how to get the answer because no one's going to give you the answer unless it's the, unless the answer is so easy that we don't need you to get the answer to begin with. And that doesn't set you apart to be successful, does it, if the answer's that easy? So we've only got just, exactly. just over a minute uh, left, Adam. Um, it's flown by as, as usual. Um, can I just close by asking you if there was – if there was one thing that you would like our listeners to take away from having heard you talking today, what would that be? This is a big topic. I think that we've covered a lot in the last 28 minutes or however long it's been, but there's a reason why you've spoken about this on 383 episodes. And there's a reason why you'll probably have another 383 episodes because this is a big, <laughs> encompassing, important topic. There's a reason why on my podcast, this is a big part of what I talk about. So mm-hmm. if there is one takeaway, I, I said it a couple of times before, I'll say it again, which is there's nothing more important than the people you have in your organization. And mm-hmm. if you want a second takeaway, it's that learn as much as you can not only about how to build a winning organizational culture, but how to become a better leader, how to yeah. lead in today's landscape, and how to, how to ultimately get those around you to become better leaders. Because if you want to truly build a winning organizational culture, it's not just about you becoming a great leader, but it's about you developing, training, molding, growing great leaders. And that's really what my work is about. That's what my podcast is all about. But more importantly, that's what all of us should be all about. Excellent roundup there, Adam. Thank you very much to our special guest today, Adam Mendler, CEO of the Veloz Group. Thank you for listening to Engage with Success Radio. We'll see you at the same time next week. And don't forget, you can download or live stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. So thank you and goodbye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.